Hey loves, I'm Marley Liss, and welcome to the Sensual Revolution. This is a global movement to reclaim sensual empowerment on an embodied and systemic level. My personal path of sensuality has not been easy. Shame around my body image, sexual abuse, and my queerness had me dissociated and numbed the heck out. It's been a big journey to get to where I am today, but I really have turned my pain to purpose. Along the way, I've learned our personal healing makes epic waves in this world. This podcast is here to remind you that your healing is selfless. When you learn to shed shame, love your body, and claim your worth, you pave the way for all people to do the same. Here, you can expect to hear from sexual educators and healers who work at the embodied level of sensual empowerment, as well as policymakers and justice leaders who work at the systemic level. It's all connected. So whether you're at the very beginning of your own sensual healing journey, or you're a sex-positive advocate and superstar, this community welcomes you. Let's come together and revolutionize this planet one loving, sensual step at a time. Hello, loves. Welcome back to another episode of the Sensual Revolution podcast. We have an amazing guest with us today. Cam Ron is a black queer femme certified sex educator and business coach for sex educators. She works with sexuality professionals to help them simplify their business for success. She's a host of the Six Figure Sex Educator podcast, where she shares insights and strategies on how to create a successful online sexuality business. Um, I've been following Cameron on Instagram for a while now and have always just been so inspired by her content. And the conversation we get into today is super powerful for anyone who's in the entrepreneur space, but also for for I'm pretty sure this is all of us, for anyone who has some healing to do around our relationship to capitalism, our relationship to money, our right to prioritize our peace. We get into financial empowerment versus capitalist conformity and the fact that we can bridge income with impact. We also share really beautiful conversation around empowering ourselves to take the leap and go for our dreams even when we have perfectionist tendencies, fear of failure, imposter syndrome, so many different things. And Cameron just shares like so many golden nuggets of wisdom around this topic. And we also get into something I'm so excited to share with all of you, which is called the Boring Abundance Movement, reframing what it means to be boring as a source of empowerment, joy, and rest. So this is a really, really special episode. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Before we dive in, I want to remind you that in just a few days on December 8th, I am offering a free training in my Facebook group on how to claim sensual self-love and cultivate a sense of embodied safety. It's going to be really beautiful. All you have to do is go to the link in the show notes and join my Facebook group, Claim Your Sensual Empowerment. It'll be going down there for free and it's going to be super beautiful. I think that after these past few years, we all know how important it is to feel safe in our bodies, to have regulated nervous systems, to feel like we can relax into the moment and just radically accept ourselves for who we are and for how we feel. 
So I'm really excited about it. I hope to see you there. One more really exciting thing is that Eva Bloom and I, I imagine you remember Eva Bloom from episode 10, incredible queer sex educator and dear friend. Um, we've very much been BFFing it up since that podcast interview. We have launched the Fuck Comp Het Support Club, a space for 2S LGBTIA plus humans to enjoy community and connection. It's only $10 a month. You get a monthly Zoom meeting and an ongoing Discord space to connect with fellow queer humans. So if you're like me and you're someone who came out of the closet during the pandemic or you're questioning your sexuality or you've met a new layer of your queerness in the past few years and you want to connect with community, this is the space for you. Bi, pan, demi, women and non-binary folk, trans women, you are all welcome in this space it's gonna be so beautiful so that link is also in the show notes you can sign up through patreon and i'm so excited about that so let's dive into today's conversation i hope you enjoy it and receive as much wisdom and inspiration as i did hello beautiful people super 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 excited to be here with cameron today who is amazing um how are you today I'm doing good. How are you, Marley? I'm good. I'm super excited to be connecting. And like anytime I interview someone, I spend a long time listening to their interviews. So I'm just like, I get a little bit of like, oh my God, now I get to talk to them. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. Um, so I like to start with this kind of fun question that you can answer in any way that feels good for you. Um, who are you in this chapter of your life? Who am I? I actually really love this question because I was just thinking about this today. Um, so, I mean, amongst all the other things, I have gone through a really massive change of identity this year. I posted a bit about this a while ago, but I did a cross-country move in July and uh, there was a breakup with my then relationship of two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And it's been a really interesting journey of like rediscovering who I am now at this place. And part of that being like the recognition that, wow, I'm no longer the person I was not just at the beginning of that relationship or prior to it, but I'm also not the same person I was in like my early twenties and all of these things and all the emotions that come with it. <laughs> So I think with that, I'm very much in this space of like rediscovering and restructuring who I am and what that looks like and what my life looks like. So, you know, just light conversation, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I feel like I am very much both the work in progress and also mm -hmm. recognizing I am I am perfect. I am divine in a human body, having a human experience and being very clear with the fact that I'm also a leader and I'm someone who is very clear in her purpose of I'm here to help people to step into their highest and greatest good. And I choose to do that through business coaching specifically. And there's so much power in that. And also I'm someone who's rediscovering joy in her life as well. So 
been doing a lot more reading of like science fiction and fantasy again, making my inner child very happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, going on walks and going to the coffee shop. And I'm lucky to live in a space where there it's very animal friendly in my city. Mm-hmm. So I'm surrounded by dogs, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. always nice. And, you know, just rediscovering all these moments of pleasure and joy and how they can coexist with the realities of the world right now so yes that's who I am very much that oh thank you for sharing that like gorgeous whole joyful emotional real human divine response thank you (laughs) yeah I think that I think that especially when we see people in the online space and we see, yeah, just like the social media picture of, of our lives. It can be easy to forget that like all of this other stuff is going on. And I think breakups are so under talked about, like we either see happy endings or kind of nothing at all. Just like the plot ends. We're like, oh, it didn't work out. The plot's (laughs) over. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And it's so, it's so interesting. Like in part of this process, I've also been examining the pieces of my life that you know, I've given up my power and maybe chose and made decisions that weren't fully in alignment with myself. And not like in a way of like, I'm punishing myself or like, just looking at it as like a decision was made, does it really align with who I know myself to be now? And there's a level of like, compassion that's required to do that, that I'm so like, every day, I'm so grateful for that. I am in the space and I'm in, but also so that I can forgive my younger self and like, I can hold her and I can support her in stepping into this future. Yeah. That is my reality now. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So much love to our little inner children selves for sure. And I definitely want to get into today. Like, I think you speak so beautifully about um, space for not necessarily yeah space for imperfection and like not letting perfectionism sort of paralyze us from acting on our dreams and I think that you embody that and speak about that gorgeously so we'll definitely get into that Mm -hmm. more today but first I'd love to create space for you to share like what do you actually do I think your work is really unique I think you call yourself like the original sex ed business coach sex Mm -hmm. ed yes So can you share more about what that actually means and what you do? Totally. I know everyone listening is like, what even is that? Um, (laughs) It's something I created. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And essentially, I'm a business coach for sex educators. So I am a certified sex educator. I don't talk about that as much, but I do just for context. Like that is my background. Um, And I got into the field because well, I made the decision. (laughs) I like, I also used to be a freelance writer and I was doing a bunch of stories and this must be around 2015, 2016, which at that time, there weren't as many readily available resources online about this work and who's doing it and all of that. So I remember doing a story and I did like a Google search and I just saw a bunch of Um, very much like outdated links, like broken links, 404 pages. So like, again, resources weren't there, but for the resources I could find, there were very much people who had identities and experiences that weren't mine. 
So I just had this moment of like, well, if they're doing it, I can do it too. So I just, I made the decision right then and there that it was something that I wanted to pursue and then just try it out. Like trying on like a shirt or a hat, just, I'm curious about this thing. Let me go for it. It never really occurred to me the idea that I would quote unquote fail because I was just like, eh, I can go back to doing what I'm doing now. Like there's always another path. So there isn't really that much risk in me trying. So I decided to go the certification route because I, wa- I wasn't ready to commit to a postgraduate program or anything intensive like that. But I knew that I wanted to learn the foundational skills in order to like commit to less harm and properly learn how to hold space for people in this capacity and in this new identity. So that's why I chose to be certified. Um, And I am very adamant in saying like certification is not a requirement. If you want to be a sex educator, you do not need to be certified. Though I will say, I think that everyone should be trained, which is like Mm. a whole different, whole different conversation. So anyway, in my certification program that I went through, I had a lovely experience, but I also had so many questions about how to do this as this is my job. Like there is no, like, I I think in the sex education space, there's a lot of folks who do this work part-time or in addition to a full-time job or multiple like side hustles and they kind of like bring it together and make it work. And there's no shade to that, but I knew very instinctually that I wanted this to be my full-time work. And Mm -hmm. it was very difficult to find role models and resources and other folks who had done that in the ways that I wanted to. So again, like it's almost like looking back, I can now see the thread connecting all these things. And then I just, again, made the decision that this is something that's important. This is something I talk about with other folks in the program and other educators and folks are interested in this. So instead of me waiting for someone else to just come around and show me the way, I'll just take it upon myself to like go out and again, just try and see what happens. And so I decided to get into coaching essentially and specifically business coaching for sex educators because again, like the resources really weren't there. People weren't really talking about business building and sex education together. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but ultimately I don't think that making money and helping people are things that need to be separate. I think that they can exist together and it can be great and wonderful and a positive experience. So now my work is very much centered on supporting sex educators and doing that. It's so unique and it's so cool that you're like, I created this. Like you saw a gap, mm-hmm. you were like, and I feel like we can all take notes on this in different ways in our lives. Like you saw a gap and you were like, someone's got to fill that. And instead of waiting, you did the thing, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, one thing you said was like helping people and making money can go together. And I love that conversation because Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of us don't think this way. I think, especially for those of us in the sex education space, I imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast too, like we might, we might feel like we're, you know, more radical humans. We might be like aware of certain systems in the world like capitalism and patriarchy and racism sexism and be like this fucking sucks I don't want to participate in that I want to do something else so 
I mm-hmm. think though a result of that sometimes is that we're like so afraid of conforming to systems that we're like oh I don't want to like make yes. money so yeah tell me mm-hmm. some thoughts on that <laughs> I have so many thoughts I'm like yes you're hit you're hitting the head on the on the nail <laughs> I I do think that that's true right and so much of how we think about money in the society it is centralized on upholding oppression and capitalism right and I think that there are always I don't know where Libra is in my chart but I just feel like this is very Libra of me to say I always think that there's multiple paths like there's multiple solutions there's no like one size fits all the path that I have chosen for myself in regards to this is one as a black queer woman like I I already have enough to deal with, right? So I'm not going to prioritize my energy into constantly fighting these like battles that don't serve me. I want to spend most of my energy in pouring that into myself and pouring it into the solutions that I want to see happen. And so for me, what that looks like is I don't want to be dependent on these systems in order to acquire the resources or even to have the life that I want to live. So I very much see my coaching as both a service that I give like freely in my, on my podcast, on my Instagram, on all these like monetarily free resources, right? And then also inside of my paid programs. So I see that very much as like, this is a service, this is a craft, this is part of my identity because this is the work that I choose to do. Um, And my identity is very much rooted in that I am a successful coach, not because of, again, like how much money I make or how many clients I have, but because I made the decision that that is my identity. Mm. So (laughs) all Mm -hmm. that to say, like, I have a very specific, like, channel of how I see my business supporting myself and supporting the endeavors that I want to have that are making the world a better place. That is one solution that I've chosen works best for me. For other people, that looks like, you know, every dollar that they earn, a certain percentage gets like donated to different causes. Another one looks like having peer support or community support businesses where everyone kind of puts in a little bit together and then it becomes this um, cooperative ecosystem together. These are all different paths, but they're all paths that can lead to having a successful business. So there is no, I I don't believe in like using my energy to fight against this system because we all like exist in it. I will love the day comes where I will love it. What am I trying to say? (laughs) I would love it for the day to come where we don't need to pay money to do anything where we can just have like everyone has more than enough everyone has exactly what they need but until that day comes we the reality is we do have to exist within these systems and in the society right so it's making those decisions and stepping into the identity of who we knew ourselves to be and finding the solutions that work best for us without necessarily villainizing or demonizing the ones that aren't for us. Mm. And I think all these things can exist together, but it all really starts with really examining our own ideas about money and what we think about it. And even like where those ideas come from, right? Because for folks that are listening, you may be thinking that people who make a certain amount of money are X, Y, and Z, but 
I want to encourage you to really think about that, right? Because I do believe that when good people are the ones who have access to resources um, and abundance and monetary, financial, everything, like we're the ones that can create good in the world. Money is just a tool. And I think that it just amplifies who you already are and what you already do. So mm -hmm. yes, that's yes, that. Yes. <laughs> snaps, snaps for that. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful that you shared that. I think it's super important. And especially what you shared about like change making and how mm -hmm. money can, can really catalyze change making. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my background is in the social work world and it was yeah. definitely this kind of mindset of like money is evil like be humble like we don't do this for money you do this because mm -hmm. you really care mm -hmm. and there was like the, that idea that those yeah. things are mutually exclusive so I love that you're like no you know we can do some epic yeah. shit with this um really and also yeah. too like if we look at any kind of like statement like that it doesn't even need to be money it can just be anything right like if you go too far on either side, like that's still an extreme, right? So I always find it interesting how even like, I think when I was like freelancing or even when I was in college and like didn't have this level of awareness yet, like I would say things like that too, not really understanding or even having um, the wherewithal to kind of think about, is this a thought that I truly believe? And I thought that, it, I think that now it's so interesting because I can see like the parallels of like both sides when they say things like that. So I just think that it's interesting, you know, yeah. and worth like examining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, can you share about what it was like for you to make a whole bunch of money doing what you love? Um, and oh, and let me just let me just add to that oh, question like I know yeah. that you use the the language um I'm like what is it called your podcast is like how to be a six figure sex educator is that mm -hmm. what it's called yeah um and yeah like clearly that language means something to you so can you share a bit about your own journey with making money and like what that did for you yeah oh gosh uh so I guess it's it might be helpful for me to give a bit of context as well. So I grew up, um, the way that I see it, all my needs were met. Like I never wanted for anything when I was growing up, um, but I definitely wasn't middle-class. I, I don't know how I would classify like growing up, but all my needs were met. I never really wanted for anything, but money was definitely something that was always like a source of stress. Like I remember my mom, you know, at different points, making shit shake and like doing what she needed to do to make sure me and my brother were fed and all these things and money also was very complicated my parents were divorced um and with my father it was always this I don't know it always felt like very conditional so I always had like a weird like relationship with money growing up and I think that when I got older and I started doing specifically business coaching, right, I had to learn all these things that no one ever really like taught me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was definitely like exhilarating and then also like terrifying at the same time because I didn't have 
a base of knowledge. And I didn't even really have like folks in my immediate community outside of the friends that I was making in the business coaching space that really understood that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And something that I'm also processing with is I, my business grew very fast. So for context, I started business coaching, I would say officially around 2019. And in 15 months, I made multiple six figures. That's, Mm -hmm. that's incredibly fast in the online space. And with that, like I'm recognizing now I didn't, one thing that I wish I would have done was taken the time to properly regulate my nervous system to be able to hold that. Because I think that there was very much a, um, emotional freak out that happened and it made, you know, the process a bit scary and difficult and like more energetically like frantic than it needed to be. So now like I'm in a space where I'm seeing money very differently in that like I want, I don't, it doesn't affect how I feel about myself and my identity. Like I'll go back again to the identity that I hold of I am a successful coach. I hold that when I make zero dollars. I hold that identity when I have no one responding to my posts or my emails or, you know, they unsubscribe or they tell me like, this is triggering or this is like wrong or whatever. I still hold that belief. And at the same time, when I do get sales, when I do get new clients, when I do get people who are like, this has, this post, this email, this podcast has, this coaching call has changed my life in some way that's great. I add it to like the belief bank mm-hmm. as one of my coaches calls it, but like it doesn't define the identity for me. And I think that's a big difference too. So I feel like I have a much healthier relationship with money. And so that's part of why I also want to centralize it and why I intentionally named my podcast the way that it is. I'm not saying that sex educators need to make six figures. But I do want to create space for the conversation to be had of like, this is possible for you if you choose to, if you choose that, right? Because we all have free will. Like we can choose, like, if you don't resonate with something, you don't have to choose it. Like, that's fine. And it's not going to hurt my feelings or like do anything to me, but that's a choice that is available to you and it is worth exploring. So I very much, again, like, I don't want to, I want to be very clear in that, but also like. I want to be that beacon, that example for people who do want to choose that. I want them to have someone to look to as an example and as a resource and as, you know, a co-conspirator in building that belief that this is possible for them. And I think that that is so, so, so important. Yeah, yeah such an important balance. And I love what you shared around like unconditional self-worth and not being so um I know I've definitely been there as an entrepreneur too like so kind of clinging to a sale or whatever yeah. being like oh which way are we going today like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and yeah. no one really like we don't really have spaces that are as openly talking about it as much as we do like how to make your first 10k months or like how to get started and like Again, this is no shade to anyone because I definitely did this at the beginning Mm -hmm. of my business because I didn't know a different way. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say I didn't know better, but I didn't know better, right? And Mm -hmm. now that I do, like, I see it just as important as like, learn, like, yes, the how to and the 
practical steps of how to do something are very much important. But it's also so important to talk about like what safety and like feeling unsafe in your business can look like and how like self-sabotaging is a very real thing. If you go from like one day you have like $0 in the bank and then the next day you have like six figures, if you don't know how to hold that, if you don't know how to root your identity um, outside of that thing, right? It becomes a very different experience than if you do. And I think that both of these parts are very important when we're talking about entrepreneurship and building business online. Mm. I hear really deep validation in that too of like change is change is change Mm -hmm. and I think that as a culture we agree like when someone goes through something hard and maybe they lose six figures we're like oh my gosh that must be so intense but when someone's like what we define culturally as as succeeding we're like what do you have to complain about like are you serious right now yeah and there's that kind of like silencing and invalidating of the experience but you're so right like that's a really big adjustment and could feel all sorts of ways so Um, yeah something that has been really helpful for me has been listening to folks that have like the business that I want to have right um so I'm thinking of Simone Grace Soul and she has like a few podcasts she's amazing she does a lot of work around marketing And one of the podcasts that she does was so helpful because she and the co-hosts were talking about what it is like to make, um, I I forget the exact number, but it must've been either half or like making a million dollars in your business and what that experience is like. And they both confirmed that they were like, yeah, um, nothing changes. Like how we feel, like we still have really bad days and we still have days where we're just like, ah, your brain is shit and (laughs) nothing works and everyone hates you. And that was really comforting for me to hear, right? Because it broke this idealization that money or making a certain amount of money is going to somehow solve all my problems. And I'm going to be like, have my Cinderella moment. And in reality, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I may like, I'll have, I'll be in the identity of the person that has that amount of money, but who I am at my core is not going to change because that is rooted in something completely different, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, and also thank goodness for that, right? Thank goodness, like (laughs) money is just a tool and it does not define who we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is so important. And I'm just thinking of all the ways like we're kind of promised that Cinderella moment, whether it's Mm -hmm. like, once you have the romantic monogamous partner once you have this much Mm -hmm. money once you're this weight like everything will be amazing and there's this like yeah kind of shocking moment of of holy shit like is something wrong with me why do I still have these human tendencies yes (laughs) or is there something yeah is there something wrong with having these emotions and it's like the emotions aren't the problem it's like our thoughts around it and how we work with those emotions that more so becomes a problem, right? So like, I I feel called to share this as well. So in the process of my breakup, as many of you can probably imagine, like I had just moved cross country. So like, I had a moment of just like, okay, I have gone from like, I felt like I had everything to, I now need a new place to live. I now need to buy furniture. I now need to like essentially rebuild my life, right? And there was a lot of anger and a lot of like 
freaking out that I did. And one of the coaches that I worked with, Kirsten Roldan, completely changed my life and really helped me to work through this. Um, because in that process, like, and just to give context of like how in it I was, I remember I sent her like a seven minute like boxer voice note, just like crying. <laughs> so I was just like, nothing's working. Everything's terrible. I suck. I like, I was just, I was very, very mean to myself because I centralized the situation of like, I'm going through this experience. And so I'm like using that to define like who I am. Right. And it was so, it was so frustrating. And I feel like I fought the process, but when I really became coachable and I really allowed myself to just sit in the fact that like everything will be fine and mm -hmm. I am good that's when things started to change when I made the conscious decision that I was no longer going to allow my circumstances which I know is annoying to hear but it's so true I'm not going to let my circumstances define who I am anymore I'm going to define who I am and I'm going to find evidence of that around me right and using that to define who I am rather than what I don't have or chasing after an ideal or waiting until I have something before I do it or before I become the person that I need in order to have that thing right so it's like following the have have do be model instead of the mm. do be have model yeah um yeah. and it's like who we are creates the environment and creates the experience that we want to have when we attain the thing. So really like, it, it's so interesting because when we often talk about like who we will be once we have a certain thing, once we have the relationship or have the money or have the house or whatever, right? What we're really talking about is the feeling that we want to have. And the feeling is always available to us to mm -hmm. step into now. Yeah so 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 with you in that and it's such an empowering and loving belief to hold it's such mm -hmm. an empowering lens to hold I actually wrote down a quote that you said because I thought it was so gorgeous what was it where was it you said the fact that I want to do something is confirmation enough that it needs to exist I said that yeah, you okay. said that. I think I it was on. It was on <laughs> Hannah Witten's podcast, doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was like, "Damn, that's like something <laughs> I would like put on my wall." <laughs> that mm -hmm. is so powerful so wow past me I was saying that yeah <laughs> right I know those moments where you're like oh fuck mm. I'm really wise um so yeah this feels like a really good segue into what we were saying about not letting like perfectionism stop us from doing things or these ideals that we're talking about of like well I don't have this and this and this yet so how can I possibly mm -hmm. do that so can you share a bit about I guess just your thoughts on that and your own experience with kind of like taking the leap. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, like I talked about this earlier, but the thought about failure, like really, it truly never occurred to me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like I never really, when I was just even just like considering whether or not I wanted to go to certification, I never had the thought cross my mind of like, but what if I fail? Right. I was just looking at it as really what is the next step that's in front of me that's going to put me in the direction of 
the place that I want to be at. I knew that I wanted to be in the sex education field. I didn't, maybe I didn't know the specifics. I didn't know that I was going to be creating my own lane, but I also didn't need to know all that. I just needed to know, do I want to be in this field? Yes or no. What are the options to getting into this field? And which one do I want to pick? Like, that's really it. And breaking it down in those ways really helped me to not be in that space because I wasn't overloaded with information. I wasn't like concerning myself with what to do at step 30 when I was at step one, right? (laughs) Which is where I think a lot of like perfection or perfectionism can come from, right? Like it can stem from like, quite frankly, worrying about problems that like you don't need to be worrying about yet. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I see with my clients too of like, they'll be worried about, oh, but like, I don't know if my programs are ready to scale. I don't know like which, like which platform to use and all this stuff. And I'm like, baby, you haven't launched yet. Mm. You don't have any clients. Don't worry about like what's scalable yet. (laughs) Mm. Like let's, let's get something out there and let's like, let's get some data in that's going to help us make these decisions rather than basing them off of like what you feel and like making just guesses in the thin air. Right. Mm -hmm. But that really helped me to not be overly concerned with like every single thing and knowing every single step along the journey in order to get to where I think I need to be. And Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that I had that mindset and I just allowed myself to be a beginner, allow myself to be where I'm at. Um, I also want to give credit to Ari Hale, who is another business coach. Um, And she talked about this in a really fascinating way that I just, I think about constantly. Uh, When people ask about like content creation and putting things out there and being consistent, she made a point um, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially she said, who, who said that you need to be an expert in order to help people? Like who demanded that you needed to be an experienced expert with tons of experience? (laughs) How many times am I going to say experience? But who demanded like perfection and expertise of you to just put this thing out there? And that like blew my mind because I was like, oh, so what you're saying is people don't need me to be perfect. They just need me to answer the question. They just need me to show up. They just need me to share the thing that is gonna help them. And something else that I think about quite often too, and I talk with my clients about when they're also in this space of feeling like I am afraid that this won't be perfect, right? I I always think too that perfectionism is actually quite selfish because it keeps us rooted on ourselves. It keeps us rooted in like what we think and like how people will perceive us and like, are they gonna laugh at us? Are they gonna like point out the fact that we misspelled something? Like it centers us Mm -hmm. and really like coaching and any kind of service-based business, any kind of online business, it's not about you. (laughs) It's about the people you wanna help, right? So when I like, am in that space or when my clients are in that space, I always remind them like, stop making it about you. What Mm -hmm. do your people need to hear? Like, what is the, what is the thing that they need help with? What is something that you can say or share that is going to help to answer that question and also lead them along that journey, right? Get them to not step 30, not step 50, not step a hundred, but just get them from step one to step two in the process. Just get them along the journey, right? Yeah. 
And that yeah. takes all the pressure off of it. Now it's like, oh, okay. I know exactly like what to say, or even, even better. I'll just post some shit up. I'm just going to mm-hmm. put something up and then I'm going to log off. And like, if people like it, cool. If people don't like it, cool. But at least I took the action and I did it. Yeah. 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 So many golden nuggets in that, <laughs> like so many, um, one, like, first thing like I could literally feel a weight leaving my chest when you were like um sharing that teaching of like nobody demanded perfection of us in order to help we don't need to be perfect in order to help and just need to share uh, I just love that I think that probably every human I you know even saw it in Michelle Obama's memoir like we all struggle with imposter syndrome mm-hmm. I'm like okay if Michelle Obama struggles with imposter syndrome then we probably all do like it's yeah. so daunting sometimes and I think that that permission to say like why does this even need to be a part of it you being perfect yes yeah yeah and also too like I, I, if there's anyone else out there listening that is also like this, please let me know. But I'm also inspired by spite and being petty, like, and using that for, for goodness. So what I mean by that is I get, (laughs) it sounds very silly when I say it out loud, but I often think to myself, like when I'm in that state of like, I feel like an imposter when I remind myself actual imposters don't feel imposter syndrome. So why mm-hmm. should I? Because right. I know that I'm not scamming anyone. I'm not like trying to like swipe or no swipe them. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and then like, <laughs> yeah. they, like if yeah. Swiper doesn't feel bad about what he's doing. He's literally, I don't know how we got on Dora to explore, but he's just like doing his <laughs> thing, right? So if he's fine in his identity and what he's doing and has no qualms about it, why should I? Mm-hmm. No, that's so real. That's so, so real. Like, like in all honesty, like sometimes I'm like kind of jealous of, this is going to sound really insane. Like I, sometimes I'm jealous of like murderers and I'm just like, wow, they're just like killing people. And some of them are not feeling bad about it. And like, here I am being like, oh my God, was my languaging and my Instagram caption slightly offensive? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, that is some good Scorpio season energy that we can all call in. Not, not the justifying murder thing, but yeah, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think that that's, that's so real. I just saw a TikTok actually that talked about like karma and like the ways that we often think about it are very much rooted in like, if I do good, I get good back to me. And it's like actual karma is just like learning the lesson. Mm -hmm. So like there are people that we often encounter who are bad people because that is who they're meant to be. They're meant to like teach us lessons about dealing with not great people. And Mm -hmm. so like, we can often find ourselves in this space of feeling like this person did me wrong and they're just living their life and they're not being punished. What's wrong? And it's like, maybe they are in alignment with their karma because they are meant to be a shitty human being. So like, we can't concern ourselves. And like, that kind of goes to the point too, about especially with content creation and being online, you have to be incredibly courageous to put yourself out there and to do this work on a daily Mm -hmm. basis, because it's so easy to make a fake account or a not even a fake account to just like be mean online because the humanity and like 
reminding yourself that there's a person on the other end of the screen, you can like forget that for yeah. a while yeah. <laughs> and suspend this belief. So it's very easy to be like, mm, your nose is big or you suck or you talk funny or like mm-hmm. what and just like poke fun at people. Um, but I often get inspired too by authors. Again, I have like a creative writing background. So I find mm-hmm. that reading books about writing is also very helpful with like with my coaching and um, not feeling ownership with that. But essentially, like I often remind myself that once I put something out there, like it no longer really belongs to me. Like it's mm-hmm. my idea, it's my work, but like how people respond to it isn't my responsibility. I just need to put that out there and put it out there for the people that need to hear it, who want to be helped, who I am inviting into the space to find it. And everybody else, it's really like not my concern. So if somebody, I don't really, you know, I don't really get them, but like, if I had someone who is like angry or upset about something that I posted, you know, I often ask myself too, of like, was I making, (laughs) like, was I making it for them? right? Are they like who I was really talking to? And also like, is it even worth my piece to like respond to this? Yeah. Ooh, I'm like, listeners, myself, write that quote down. Like, is it even worth my piece to respond to Is it worth your piece? Like, you're not, you did your job. You posted, you shared the thing, how people interpret it or you know, I'm gonna be a little spicy, but their, um, you know, misinterpretation or projection isn't your problem. Mm. Your job is just to share your wisdom, share your knowledge, make the invitation into like your paid offer and then go about your day. Like, yeah, yeah. Oof, that's so important. Um, yeah. I just a little what... spice for yeah, yeah. Scorpio no, season. <laughs> it's totally Scorpio. I literally have a book behind me that's like astrology, love and sex. I'm like, yes. so here for the... <laughs> so but it's so important and all these things I think are so like vital when we're talking about perfection because like that is also a part of it too we get fearful of what people will think or how they will respond to us but like again having that permission and releasing that pressure that you are also responsible for how people interpret your work once it's put out there like Mm -hmm. forget about it yeah it's like a really important conversation of boundaries within Mm -hmm. business and this is why I love what you shared around like making money and then and then cultivating like calmness in your nervous system to be able Mm -hmm. to make that much money um I think we forget that we're like humans and business owners so I just love what you're embodying and and teaching this could okay this might be too big a question for the time we have left, but let's, I guess let's hear it. <laughs> I'd love to know because you shared so gorgeously as well about like, you know, playing a role in creating the world you want to live in and putting your energy there rather than fighting against what has been going on. I guess, yeah, what do you want to see more of? And maybe what do you want to see less of in the sex education industry slash space? All right, all right. Uh, I'm gonna try and condense it. <laughs> the time we have no, left. Like this might be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is. There's so much. So for I want to start with myself first of all. Um, I made I made a reel about this because I was I was talking to Kirsten and I was like, 
I feel afraid to share this thing that I really want to share. And she was like, what are you talking about? What do you want to share? And I was like, I think I'm boring. And I was, I, I don't know. I had this image that once I, if I put it in the story or like said it out loud, people were going to throw like virtual tomatoes at me and be like, you finally figured it out. Boo. And like, <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud, but that's also why I wanted to say it out loud. Yeah, it, yeah. it feels scarier in my head. But I was like, I really think that I'm boring because I'm like, I am such a creature of habit. And like, yes, there are things that I do in my business to keep it running. But like, I also do like, I'm an introvert, like all these like different things. And essentially I felt like compared to other folks that I see in the online space, I don't really have that much going on. And I felt like, so I can't really share, or I was telling myself that that was why I can't really share about my personal life because I'm boring and people won't Mm -hmm. be interested in it. So come to find out, I make a post about that and I just claim that, right? And so many people also said that they felt boring too. Mm -hmm. They also felt like people would throw virtual tomatoes at them. They also felt like, who wants to know about like the books that they're reading or the recipes they're cooking or all these like other things that help them to step into their version of their abundant selves, right? So that got me thinking and I really started intentionally cultivating a life around like, what does it mean to be boring and abundant? And for Mm -hmm. me, that looks very much like I have access to the things that I enjoy doing, right? So I have like, you know, the ability to cook myself a delicious meal every single night because that brings me so much joy. I'm able to get access to books that I love reading and find new books and actually have that intentional quiet time with myself. I get to take midday walks and go to the coffee shop and hang out with friends and even make new friends and like all these different things. And seeing my business as a vehicle that supports me in doing that because I have freed and released myself from this pressure that I need to watch it all the time for it to Mm -hmm. operate. So in my personal life, like that's what brings me joy. That's what makes me feel like an abundant person. So those are things that I want to be doing. And then um, diving deeper into like my actual business and like using that as a support vehicle, I ultimately want to use that to you know, fund different ventures and like be able to give back in a bigger way. And I I think about this quite often with like the importance of mutual aid and it is so, so, so important, but I also like often think about like, wow, how powerful would it be that like, instead of being reliant on the banking system, which is incredibly discriminatory, right? Like we were just able to like have companies that were able to fund other ventures in the sexuality space. So that's something that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, And I want to be able to, you know, support folks who are doing incredible work in a bigger way. And again, this isn't, I want to just be very clear. This is not shade to anyone that has, you know, a community-based business or like a mutual aid-based business or anything like that. It's just for me, like I, I want to give in a bigger way. And so I think about how my business can support that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I want to see. And I want folks who want to do incredible work, like be the ones that have access to the resources. I want to teach more sex educators 
how to step into the identity of being sex ed business owners, mm-hmm. because I don't think that it's something to be ashamed of that you want to make money while you're helping people. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, it's also like, it's often this idea that you need to be a starving artist, right. Yeah. In order yeah. to like be validated in your work. And I just think that that's false. I think that like, you can have, you can have nice things and help people. Like, you don't, again, the two do not have to be opposites to each other. So mm-hmm. I really want to support other folks in stepping into that identity and learning how to be self-sufficient that like, if they make the decision that they want their sexuality business to be the vehicle that supports themselves, supports their community, supports everything, here's how you do that, right? Mm-hmm. If you choose another path, there's so many resources that like point in that direction too. But again, I, I want to speak to the folks that want to go along this path and show them that it's possible as well. And then yeah. ultimately, I think that massive change happens when there is a great shift like that. So mm-hmm. ultimately, I want to support the sexuality field in being seen as like self-sufficient and being seen as like the people who are in it. Like not everyone has to follow a particular path to success. And I want to support the folks that want to be boring and abundant as well. Doing yes. This Amazing. So. Um, I feel like elated by this boring abundance concept. Yeah, um, <laughs> I do. I feel like actually where my, my sex educator brain went was like, the same way that we're super, super taught to like chase after the most climactic orgasms in intimacy, like mm-hmm. same as our lives. I feel like it's like yes. supposed to be so climactic mm-hmm. and I'm definitely like so much Sagittarius in my chart. I'm like definitely always chasing the like big, huge adventures, like, holy shit, I didn't expect that to happen. And mm-hmm. lately I'm just like, oh my God, permission to like stay inside and and watch movies all day and just mm-hmm. like chill the fuck out a little bit yeah. and to enjoy that so I just really 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 love this like boring abundance concept yes. it's, yeah it's so so good and there's so much more that I feel like it ties into but especially like even with business too like we're constantly conditioned to chase after like a big cash month and then an even bigger month and then double that and then triple that and it's like but what if what if I had a steady reliable stream of income Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like huge spikes or anything but it was just like steady predictable recurring revenue right that is enough to have a boring and abundant life and that (laughs) takes so much pressure off of having to have a big incredible amazing launch every single time as well. Mm-hmm. This is so important. I'm like, I feel excited about potentially making fun graphics about this. And I think of the, like, I think it was called boring self-care, that movement yes. that was going around like a few years ago, maybe. And it was like boring self-care. And it was like, you know, doing your bookkeeping so that you don't yes. feel nauseous about not knowing where your money's at. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for that. And for all of this, of can course. you tell the fine people how to connect with you and work with you and support yeah. you? And all the things. So of course you can find me on Instagram at the Cameron Glover, uh, pretty easy to find. You can also listen to my podcast, the Become a Six-Figure Sex Educator podcast. You can find that wherever you listen to shows. You can probably subscribe after you're done listening to this episode. 
I also have a private podcast. So if you're curious about building a successful um, sexuality business, I have a private podcast that's all about that. So you can find that on my website, uh, successfulsexed.com slash simple podcast. And then of course, if you are interested in um, building you know, a, a high ticket life program and building a sexuality business in this way that I've talked about in this episode, then I want to invite you to join me inside the Sex Ed Business Academy. So that is my group coaching program where I teach folks how to create, build, launch, and refine their own program so that they're able to create a successful, uh, even boring, dare I say, <laughs> business. <laughs> So yeah, all of that I'm sure will be available in the links as well. Yes, I will drop those in the links for sure. Um, this has been really amazing. 100% out of curiosity. Can you tell us your big three astrology signs and one thing you'll do today for boring, abundant self-care? Oh, yes. Okay. So my top three, I'm a Pisces sun, a Virgo moon, and a Leo rising. And I definitely feel like Miss Leo was all up in this interview. <laughs> um, so actually after this, I, I've been actually obsessed with the salmon rice bowl that's like floating around online yeah. right now. So, <laughs> on TikTok. Yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make that because I'm I'm just like, I've been craving it. So instead of feeling like Cam, you just had it like a few days ago, I'm like, Psh, I'm gonna have it again and it's gonna mm-hmm. be delicious. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing for boring and abundant self-care. I love that. I love that. Definitely felt the Virgo moon too in the like boring abundance movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we love structure. We love predictability. Um, and also, you know, just witchy rituals. Yes. <laughs> My chart is very balanced. I feel like they all Super kind balanced. of work together. Yeah. Mine's literally all fire with like a sprinkle of Scorpio. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> fire and water. Okay. So like very, very intention in the good ways. Yeah. And you feel like it. Yes. Something like that for sure. Love it. (laughs) This has been really amazing. Thank you so much, Cameron. And thank Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Sensual Revolution podcast. How amazing is Cameron? Make sure you're following her on Instagram and that you're checking out her podcast as well. She really does share so much amazing content and is just a friggin' amazing human. So yay for that. Um, Reminder to join my Facebook group so that you can access this upcoming free training for how to claim sensual self-love and cultivate a sense of embodied safety. Reminder that's going down on December 8th. It's going to be so, so beautiful and so soul-nourishing. Also, if you're a queer human or questioning your sexuality, make sure to check out the Fuck Compat Support Club, a space for community and connection for 2SLGBTIA plus humans, only $10 a month. Uh, You can find the link for that below. And of course, if this podcast resonated with you, we're always so grateful for you to share it and leave a review. This really helps us amplify our message in the world. So I'm sending you all so much love. Happy holiday season. And can't wait for you to hear next week's episode.